You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Where has all the time gone, man? It's like, was it June already? It's like almost the middle of June. Yeah. Dude, I was freezing my balls off yesterday. It seemed, it seemed like yesterday with, you know, how see, it felt like, you know, it was like December, like two months ago or two seconds ago. It probably was two months ago. I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> but dude, we're in June already. It's, it's crazy. It's before you know, it'll be July, and before you know, it's August and September, and we're like, oh, it's so cold. But, uh, yeah, man, this time seems, I don't know if it's maybe because I'm getting older, time seems to be going quicker. But, you know, when you're a kid, time just fucking drags. You know, you think, oh, you know, you're in fourth grade, oh, I can't wait till I'm an adult. And then, like, you know, I'm, I'm 49, I remember a couple lifetimes ago when I was just like, you know, you know, you know, between fourth grade and high school seems like forever. But now, you know, you, you see how much time goes by. It's like, it must be an age thing where time goes, time goes from dragging to just, you know, pump the fucking brakes. It's going too quick, you know? Yeah. I know. I noticed that recently with, with the kids. It's like, I just, it's like, my son's going to be nine in two weeks. My oldest. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Where did the time go? Like, I really, it's, it's weird. It does feel like as you get older, time just moves infinitely faster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, I mean, I remember that we're, you know, sitting around waiting for their, their child to be born. And then like, I'm leaving my house. I go, I see him and the kid's walking down the steps. I'm like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you walking? Yeah, it's like it's like they're bringing you home, you know, like yesterday. Yeah. So it's so weird, just how just like time just flies by. But uh, here we are. <laughs> what's what's this episode one sixteen? This is episode according to my notes here. This is episode one sixteen, titled "To Be Determined," because I'm yeah. sure I'll say something inappropriate during the show, and it'll just it'll be the no, it'll be the title. Um, we'll, just call, we'll just call the episode "Title To Be Determined" and see. If- <laughs> <laughs> people up on the uh, social media is when we post the link to it. So yeah. Be the- hey, Adam, I think you, uh, I think you forgot to post the title, man. Oh um, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't then. You know. <laughs> I'm sure I'll take it from somebody. It'll be fine. But no, it's, um, it's, 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 I'm always excited to be here. 
Uh, I can't believe we've been doing this together now for six months, which seems right. like they well, like we just started doing this together. Yeah. 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 And you know, it, it's been great. You know, uh, there was those, uh, trial episodes where I was just like, uh, you know, no, uh, real Josh was, uh, you know, you know, taking time off and you're filling in, but then yeah. just those times, you know, uh, the, and again, it's weird just like how things just mesh together. It feels like we've been doing this since day one, you know, just, you know, it, it's good. It's good. You know, it, the thing is, you know, a lot of guys start podcasts and do podcasts and they, uh, they burn out or, you know, they just lose interest and you know, I'm still all about it. You know, I, I love doing this. I love our community. I love the pod squad. Uh, and you know, I'm happy, you know, uh, it's, you know, you and I, uh, I'm, I still have a Philly guy, you know, <laughs> you with, lucked uh, out there, man. Bullshit with, you yeah. know, well, that's the thing. That's what's, what makes this show great is, is just like, we really just kind of talk about anything, you know, it, it, it keeps things yeah. fun and you know, there's always stuff to talk about, which, you know, again, our, which seems like our perennial conversations anymore is Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, but they're in the news <laughs> and we're going to yeah. talk about it. Uh, but you know, even like even the Phillies and sports stuff and music, like we did a whole fucking episode about music the other day, you know, with George yeah. Carlin, like that's, that's what makes this fun. Cause it's not just wrestling, but, um, yeah, that Carlin documentary is amazing. I don't, oh, I don't man. Talk about if we had watched it, but yeah, you know, I was, I was surprised actually, let's start with that. Cause I, I did want to, I want to pick your brain about that. Cause I did, you know, I signed up for HBO max and I, uh, yeah. I watched it and it was absolutely everything I wanted out of a George Carlin documentary and more, but I was a little surprised. Well, first of all, it's never, it's, ne it's always jarring to hear Stephen Colbert use dirty words. It's even more jarring because he's like America's dad, you know, like yeah. he's like one of those guys. And then he drops the seven dirty words on you. Like, holy shit. I did not, did not have Stephen Colbert saying tits on my, uh, on my bingo card, but, um, <laughs> they were all talking about how dark Carlin's comedy got at the end and how dark his yeah. shows were and how uncomfortable people were with that. And, and I guess I wanted to pick your brain. Did you have that same feeling as, as George got older? Did you have that sort of same reaction to him? Cause I'm not sure I did. I loved it. You know, it, you know, I, I'm so, I'm just used, you know, what's that, uh, rage against machine lyric. Your anger is a gift. You know, just, I loved angry George. You know, he sounds like he sound like anybody else I, I would know from South Philly or, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the good rant. But, you know, there's a lot of revealing stuff in there, too. Like, it took a guy like Sam Kinison to come along to inspire George to, you know, put the fucking foot on the, on the gas. So, you know, it, it just shows even the best have, like, inspirations for you know, everywhere, you know, he, uh, he started off wanting to be, you know, George Carlin started off wanting to be Danny Kay towards the end of the career, his end of his career, you know, his, his second or third or fourth iteration was inspired just by the anger of Sam Kinison. Well, not the anger, but just the intensity. Right. The, the, the drive I felt like is what got him because he had, it was a unique style, you know? And I feel yeah. like, I feel like George, I'm sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. George, I just feel like George was, um, George was the kind of guy who just like could read the room in more ways than one. Yeah. And I think he saw that and he realized, well, I gotta, I gotta fix this because I'm, I'm not going to get anywhere. 
And, you know, uh, you know, I didn't discover George until uh, Carlin and Cardigan came out. Mm. And what blew my mind in the documentary there, they showed a bit from Carlin to Carnegie that never made air, which mm. eventually made air in his other specials, the, uh, you know, place for my stuff, which he, you know, late, he did later on in other specials, but you know, to see like bonus Carlin at Carnegie footage was mind blowing, but that's where I jumped on board with George. And then, um, just to see prior to, you know, Carlin and Carnegie where like people start mocking him, which kind of annoyed me, you know, they just shown people doing the bits of, you know, you know, George Carlin's, you know, talking about food now or whatever, or George Carlin's talking about peas now. And, uh, there was a, a second city SCTV skit where, and I, it kind of turned me off to those comedians, you know, because really? I am such, yeah. Yeah. I like, if I love something, you know, and you make fun of the thing I love, you're dead to me. Like, you know, I love Van Halen and I love Eddie Van Halen. Spoiler alert. Right. I love all iterations, but you, if somebody wants to come at me and talk shit about it, I'll just cut you off and keep walking and act like he never existed. Cause it's, it's the thing that brings me happiness. And George Carlin brought me happiness. So when I see, you know, people making fun of him, you know, the other comedians, mind you cracking jokes about George, that kind of turned me off to them because I was just like, yeah, uh, George is George's legacy is going to outlive everybody, you know, like, you know, it, it was just recently brought up, you know, George Carlin's trends on Twitter at least a couple times a month. Yeah. No matter what's happening in the news, George Carlin's talked about it 20 something years ago. So, you know, maybe that's just me being, you know, I don't know if it's immaturity, but yeah, I, George means that that much to me. If somebody's going to go shit on him, I'm, I, I'll be like, just be forewarned. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, a line and I, I will just forget you ever existed. If you're going to shit on the thing that I love. So I don't think it's immaturity though. I think it's just a, it's a natural instinct that a lot of people have. Cause I have that sometimes where people just shit on stuff that I like. And I'm like, you know, fuck you, man. I don't, you know, I can't look at that person the same way, you know, whether it's a comedian, whether it's something like, like for example, like um, what's a good example. It's Amy Schumer, the comedian. Okay. Great, yeah. like she did the Steve-O roast, or no, not the Steve-O roast, but uh, it was, was it Charlie Sheen or Chevy Chase, one of them? Did a few of them. I think it was Charlie Sheen was the one where Steve-O was at, and she made that joke about Ryan Dunn, and about how, uh, you know, Ryan Dunn died, and, you know, everybody was like, oh my God, and and I was like, well, I can't believe it wasn't you, and I, I you know, like, look, I, I didn't know Ryan, but I, you know, I was ancillarily familiar with him, and we knew each right. other. But, like, that dude died, like, like not for anything. I know a lot of people have a lot to say about what happened with him, and, you know, right. not all of those things are, are, are inaccuracies um, with what happened in his death. But, like, like, come on. Like, that's just, it's just, I know you're trying to be edgy and fucking cool and hip and, like, oh, my God, look at how fucking funny. It's just, like, that's just not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. This whole fucking town, this whole fucking town mourned that guy for weeks. Yeah. Like there was a cloud over this cloud over this town for fucking weeks when he died. He was a beloved man in this town. And I just and and beloved amongst his peers. And yeah. I was a fan of him before I even got a chance to meet him. And for me it was like I've just never been able to get that out of my head. 
You know, like I've yeah. never been able to not think about that. So I, I purposefully don't watch anything she does because even, you know, even Steve was like, oh, you know, she feels bad about it. I was like, oh, I don't care. I know that seems <laughs> weird to say, you know, but like it's sort of the same yeah. idea. It's like, I don't care. Like I, I was, I did not like that one bit. And right. 12 years later, 11 years later, rather, I'm still not, <laughs> not over it. You know, and that's, I guess that's my problem, but I, I don't know. I, but I agree. I, I think it's, there's something, uh, you know, protective about things like that. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very brand loyal. Yes. When it comes to certain things. Now, now there's pl- plenty of things I'm indifferent to, you know, it's just like, I like it, but if you don't like, ah, okay. But there's like, you know, two specific things. Leave it, you know, leave it alone. It's uh George Van Halen and, uh, yeah, it was wrestling, but like, it's like, you know, you're never going to, that's, that's, you know, a hundred years past me being on earth. People are going to still, oh my God, how do you watch that? That's so fake. Well, yeah. Throw your fucking TV out the window. <laughs> TV is real. You know, uh, it's, I hate that though. And I, and I, I had, I was over watching, uh, in the neighborhood here, I hang out with some of the guys. We were watching, uh, I don't know if it was the draft or a football game was on, and somebody put on SmackDown because it was like on a replay on Saturday, and Drew McIntyre was on, and they were doing something with the New Day, and I just still sat there kind of embarrassed because everybody was staring at me because I know I do like wrestling stuff, and I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to be embarrassed about liking this. I'm not going to be embarrassed about being a wrestling fan because it used to be like, you know, it used used to be like an outcast, you know? Jim Ross talks about it all the time. You're like a carny folk, or, you know, people treat you like you're a backwoods dumbass. And it's yeah. like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel bad about this. You know, I was like, yeah, some of this stuff might be super cheesy, but a lot of this stuff is really fucking great. And if you like, were able to get past your weirdness on it, then you would probably enjoy this too. Like a uh, friend of mine, Jerry, he has like one of the world's best WrestleMania parties. Like he, uh, he'll have it on in every room of his house. So he gets the big projection screen for his backyard he gets a rent. He rents a ring. He has a couple local guys do matches. He'll set up a table. He'll put out like a hundred lucha masks. You go grab a lucha mask. There's a bar full of liquor and moonshine, and he flies in shrimp from fucking New Orleans. It's like the best fucking party ever. But that said, some of the people who go to his WrestleMania party are just there for the party, right? Mm. So this one year we're sitting there, and there's a bonfire going. I'm sitting in my chair, you know trying to enjoy my buzz and watch some WrestleMania. And there's a guy next to me. He's just like, dude, Oh, this is, that's so fake. Oh my God. Like, oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've kind of been doing it for uh, 20 years. Yeah. You know, he, you know, you don't have to explain it to me. Oh man. I look at him. I was like, I, you know, I, you kind of give him the, the, the subtle back all like, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Kind of been doing that. And then there's like one point where he just said something. I was like, boy, I bet you're fun at the fucking movies. <laughs> oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's not really a robot. You know, I started saying it real loud and the guy just kind of looked at me and I kind of looked at him and he just kind of like did the uh, slow back off and fucked off. I was like, dude, it's, 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 it's wrestling. Right. You know, like, dude, you know, fuck yourself. Saying that wrestling is fake in front of wrestling fans is not edgy, or if anything, it's played out because you know people have known wrestling has been predetermined since 
the early 1900s, you know, there, there's a newspaper article somewhere out there. I, I wish I still had the, the clipping or Vince McMahon, you know, um, admits in the paper, well, the guys really did what they would do. We'd be calling a lot more ambulances or you know, something along those lines. And that was like in the sixties, you know, so, yeah. or, you, know, you know, Jack Pfeffer used to, uh, you know, he got kicked out of NWA. So he started doing things to uh, expose the business back in the day. But, you know, yeah, I don't know how we got down this side. Road, hey, man, no, just, it's, but this is, this is why people listen to the show. But like, yeah. I rem- again, well, as a side note, uh, we were watching Peacock. We had the cock on yesterday in my bedroom. And uh, Courtney, my beloved wife, um, we pulled up ECW. If you notice, too, if you go to Peacock, if you go to the cock, and you look at the WWE tab, and you yeah. look, you see like ECW, or you see like WCW, and you know, like the pay-per-views, and then right over on the right-hand side. You can just make out, like, if you know what you're looking for, you can just make out the little E on the side there. Because they push right. you guys, you guys are the red-headed stepchildren. They push you all the way to the side. And I yeah. pulled it up, and I was like, I'm going to see if I can find Meanie on the channel. And she was like, oh, that's, she was like, this is the stuff Meanie was on, right? You know, bless her heart. She, she, she's still learning. And uh, well, I, was, I was like, yeah, there, there's Meanie here. We're in the basement with, the, with uh, our stapler. <laughs> I was told I would uh, get a piece of uh, birthday cake. Um, yeah, it's ECW. <laughs> that's pretty much yeah and I, she was so she was watching this and she was like she's watching some of the stuff just in the intro she was like who is that little man being thrown by bam bam bigelow and like, she was like this is insane i was like i'm telling you like this was this was crazy but to to your point though i can't i, I mean i watched you do the mini salts and the the flips and the jump like all and not just you but all of these guys and like that probably didn't feel good doing that no. all the time like, was there ever a time where you were in the ring and you couldn't sell it, where you hurt yourself while you did, like, a mini salt, or you landed the wrong way, somebody wasn't positioned right? Like, Believe it or not, like, it hurt more to miss the mini salt than actually hit it. Really? It was like, I guess why I knew I was missing it, I, w- I was a little bit more kamikaze about it. Mm. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to just going to eat shit to do it. Yeah, and just uh, I knew when I had to hit it, I had to be more mindful and protective. So yeah, you know, kind of like a I, I like the like I want to call it the teeter totter effect on somebody where they kind of like roll off them kind of thing. But uh, I mean, there's maybe like once or twice. There's one or two times it hurt. You know, um, I think there was one time I went to do it against Axel Rotten. I missed the mini salt and uh, it just like knocked the fucking wind out of me. Mm. And I was at like Lulu temple. And then uh, this one time, um, I don't know what the hell I mean. I don't know if the ropes were slippery or somebody had like baby oil, but I didn't get like the full rotation. I almost like, you know, ja- you know almost uh, lawn darted. Mm. <laughs> and uh, my neck, my neck, my neck was a little stiffsky after that. But, uh, Dude, the first one I ever did was uh first time in a ring. Uh an untrained professional wrestler named Brian Heffron got into a ring at a convention where they let you roll, you know, you know, backyard wrestle, but in a ring with your best friend for a couple minutes and they film it. And there's footage out there somewhere. And I went to do it at the convention and they had like a steel cage set up, so I was like fearless. So I, you know, because I can balance myself on the top rope of the top cage. But when I did it, I just Face first. Like, oh, and like uh, everybody who was watching it said, 
I was climbing the top rope and all the, the wrestlers that were at their tables, like Ted DiBiase, Road Warrior, and all of them, watched me climb. And when I did, they were just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> disgusted that, you know, the, the promoter was letting us go on. But, you know, uh, yeah, fuck it. Man. <laughs> well, it's just, I, I'm always curious because I, I always hear people like, oh, this wrestling is fake and this, that, and the other. And it's just like, it's not fake. Like you're using the wrong word. Like you're not, you know, you don't, first of all, you sound like a fucking moron when you say that stuff. But second of all, like these guys have died in the, like in the ring, like people have seriously, like Big E is lucky to be alive. You know, like you can't, you can't fake gravity. No. You know? So, I mean, gravity is very real and unforgiving. So, um, it's just ignorance. You know, it's, it's just a matter of trying to sound like you're in the know you're you're you had the inside track on a stock that nobody's fucking betting on right and if nobody you, cares because they just enjoy wrestling for what it is if you want to see what i'm doing right now about people in the know you should sign up at patreon.com slash mind of the meanie and you can see what i'm doing right now to all those fucking people that are in the know but you just mentioned yeah. something that's a good transition point uh to uh one of our two topics that we seem to talk about a lot um you mentioned sorry. like, yeah, sorry guys. So it's just, it's in the news. It's what we got to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, we, uh, you mentioned that like not being able to catch your breath, like getting the wind knocked out of you. I know yeah. how, what happens to me, even if like a choke on water and I'm like trying yeah. to catch my breath. I can't imagine being in the ring in a match in front of thousands of people trying to catch my breath after I got the fucking wind knocked out of me in the middle yeah. of the ring. And you're, you have to no sell it. Like I yeah. can't even imagine, and then I don't I don't know the context. Like I don't know if you have to conti- if you had to continue the match after that, or if that was just like the end of it. But like, I I don't I don't even remember. But it was it was an awkward moment because so I miss I missed the meanie salt, and and I I don't, I don't even remember what happened. I just remembered. Thank God, uh, Paulie didn't hold that one against me because like the match just kind of went south after that. Mm. Well, well can- thank thank God it was a it just a regular ha- you know house show and not a TV taping, but it is what it is. But then I think about like the elimination chamber with Rob Van Dam accidentally landing on Hunter's throat and he still went on with the match. Like I, yeah. like he probably couldn't breathe or Scott Steiner almost died uh, 10 years ago. We had a cut like a torn throat or something. If they were like, he's got four hours to live. Um, yeah. you know, like that's crazy to me, but, um, the big news was, uh, yeah. Co- was Cody Rhodes. And yes. Seth, and uh, according to WWE, his new name, Seth Franklin Rollins. Uh, <laughs> what a great typo. Honestly, uh, who had a, an incredible banger of a match at Hell in yeah. a Cell. And before we talk about that, I have to say yes. I love the Twitter discourse where everybody's like, oh, this is a fucking throwaway card and nothing's going to be good on this. Blah, blah, blah. And then they open the show with the three-way dance with the women and they fucking tear the house down. Yeah. Every match on that card was phenomenal yeah. every match was solid yeah it was probably one of the better hell in a cell uh pay-per-views which uh for whatever reason i could i thought i tuned in think i was going to watch money in the bank for some reason <laughs> my, my timeline is all fucked up but yeah it was that was definitely one of the better hell in a cell events there wasn't really a bad match where you go ah show was good but eh, that one match no the and the cody seth match 
uh, dare I say, was a classic. I would say you were correct because our dear friend, Dave, my house is dirty and it's a fire hazard, Melter, gave it a five-star rating. And uh, yeah. I tweeted today, even a broken clock is right twice a day because he's fucking right. That shit was incredible. Meanie, what were your thoughts on Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and also Cody wrestling with that horrific looking injury on his, on his, uh, his peck. Yeah. Uh, safe to say, I'll never know what it's like to wrestle with a torn peck. I would need to have a peck in the first place. I need to have two. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, I've, you know, uh, I've had, you know, I've worked hurt and stuff like that. And it takes a lot to, you know, gut your, your way through it. Uh, there, Probably one of the worst injuries that affected me in the ring was, um, you know, maybe 96. I was, uh, me and Steve were working a tag match in Maryland for, I want to say MEWF uh, at the time. We're wrestling the headbangers and I go to do the meanie salt and there was a chair left in the ring and it was uh, seat side down. Oh, no. And I, my knee hit like the, the, the part where the, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the frame of the, the seat that's upside down and my knee just blew up like a balloon. And, uh, I don't know if what damage was done because, you know, I'm a wrestler, I'm cheap. I don't want to go to a hospital and look at that, looked at, and I kept working, you know, even though it's just like, you know, typical Raven run in and do stuff things. But like there's times where I had to go to mini salt and it would turn into a mini salt slash inverted elbow drop. Yeah. <laughs> Beanie, how'd you do that? That looked great. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I meant that. <laughs> uh, so for, you know, Cody to go in the ring and basically wa- work with, you know, one pack and just, you know, not, you know, man, you could just look at his face and just see it when he was just peeling the jacket off. And everything they did was like perfect from him coming out and not really revealing it until, you know, the jacket came off and stuff like that. And I can't imagine because the, when they say when you take a bump in a ring, it's the equivalent of a ti- of a tiny fender, like like if a car bumps another car's bumper, like you know me parking in South Philly, uh, <laughs> you know parallel parking, yes, blue yeah. meanie parallel parking king. Of Philadelphia, fuck what you I, I heard. Think, it's what you're yeah. hearing right now. Yeah, I sent you those photos giggling. I was like, oh man, we TC this fucking park. It's <laughs> incredible. But uh, yeah, just two bumpers. Like that's the, that's the equivalent of taking a bump and doing that with a, a torn peck. I think Cody Rhodes put himself into another stratosphere with that match. Uh, I mean, I, and that's no knock on any match he had before or, you know, and that's, it's not a knock on anything he's done before. It's just a fact that he went out there in an advertised match with a torn pack and still delivered a classic match to where, you know, he, he was like the underdog right from the get go. You know, I was like, you know, I mean, if I'm in the back, I'm like, well, shit, let's just start with the comeback. Yeah. You know, but they, you know, they, they worked in so many good, so much, I mean, just the, the minor things they did, right? Like him trying to lift up the, 
um, the sledgehammer and not being able to lift it. And then when he finally does, he just lets out that guttural yell and gets it up and for the, you know, the final blow. And it was so well done and uh, shout out to, you know, Seth, shout out to Cody, you know, they both really put on the hell of a match to where the, you see the fans is biting on everything. And uh, it's one thing to have an injury, but when you can see the injury like that, it change, it put it puts the whole match in another dynamic. You know, I could pretend that, oh, you know, I have a busted knee. I could pretend, you know, limp around. But when you see that blood <laughs> in, in the, you know, in the chest cavity and going down the arm, that just puts it over that much more in the fact that he gutted it out. I don't know how long the match went. Uh, cause you know, I'm not a, I'm not sitting there with a stopwatch, but it was, it was fantastic. And then there's, there wasn't a moment where I was like looking at my watch or looking at my phone, you know, cause I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty, you know, dude, it went, but, uh, it went almost 25 minutes. That's remarkable. 24 minutes and 21 seconds. Yeah. That's remarkable. That is and, crazy. And, you know, shout out to, you know, uh, I mean, Seth dropped three straight matches to Cody, you know? And that's another thing, like... And then it didn't matter. I don't... It, did, it didn't hurt Seth at all. His character yeah. is still way, I would argue, more over because of the work that he's been doing with with Cody. Yeah. But I would say that these this trio of matches, I went back last week or the week before and watched Cody and Seth's match from WrestleMania watch backlash i would watch this again there was and i'm the same way sometimes i'll get like oh i gotta check my phone or you know tweeting on twitter but there was not a moment i was fully invested in this match and and a couple of people have mentioned this and i think friend of the show brian last had also mentioned this on the on the uh, cornet's program this crowd was silent for at least like it it really i think he said something along the lines he was just like it sounded like the air was sucked out of the arena when he took his jacket off because people yeah. are just, no one reacted when he took, I mean, you could hear people go, Oh my God. Like you could hear that gasp, the collective gasp around the crowd, but like nobody reacted to any of the moves for a good, a good five minutes because they were like, Holy shit. What are we watching right now? You know, like, what are yeah. we looking at? And I think it's, comm- yeah. I think it's commendable that or commendable rather uh, that, yeah. that, uh, that Cody was able to stick it out as long as he did. I uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what kind of pain he was in. I know there's a segment of people online that are, you know, screaming about Vince and how could he let him wrestle and this, that, and the other. And that discourse is just fucking insane. Um, yeah. Because that you know, if there's you, you just go go find a physician, they'll tell you the same thing. There's there's literally no more damage he can do to himself once that muscle's off the off the fucking bone. Once that tendon's off the bone, that's you're just in a Shut lot up. of pain. Shout out to uh, Busted Open. Yeah. Uh, Bully and uh, Dave had on a doctor specializing in that. I wish I could remember the doctor's name, but the doctor is like, you know, like there's only so much damage that could be done. You know, if he's willing to put up with the pain, there's you can't damage it any more than it's already done. It's just a matter of going down and, and, and getting it fixed. Uh, the only thing I wish, I wish they would just let Cody ride off into the sunset and get the surgery and all stuff. And he came out the next night and, uh, did the promo and with, you know, Seth attacking him. I kind of wish they just would have let it like that. The last visual of Cody 
was him winning that pain and then off into the locker room and then he's out of sight, out of mind until he comes back in the rumble. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're saying he's like, he, they're like, well, he might be back at money in the bank. He's talking about winning at money in the bank. And I'm like, brother, that's not even a month away, man. That's like six weeks right. or actually it might Dude. be, it might be a little more than, than, than a month. It might be six weeks at the most, but like, bro, you that's, that's not how this works, man. Wishful thinking, but uh, yeah, go get that thing fixed, dude. Doctor David, Doctor David Chow was the doctor that was okay. on Busted Open. So yeah, I actually listened to that. And shout out to friends of the show, Bully Ray and Dave Lagreca. Um, Love those. Yeah, absolutely fantastic guys. Um, I just I was I was thoroughly impressed by that. And like we said, Dave, you know, dearest Dave, uh, rated the match with a five star rating, uh, which is completely made up. But also like. It's true. Like, I haven't seen a match in a long time where I feel like has got a consensus of, hey, this was really fucking good and you should probably check it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the event overall was great. The, the, like yeah. you said, the, the women came out and tore the house down. That was an amazing match. Big time. Uh, yeah. Bravo to everybody. On that. It was, that was one of the better events of the year yeah. so far. I would say so. And one question before we move on to the next injury, uh, the other the other top baby face of the company, uh, the Judgment Day, which features two of your your people, Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Edge is out. Finn Balor's in. How do you feel and, about that turn? Uh, to me, that's just a, a product of Cody being out for the next couple months and they need a baby face. Dude, I didn't even think about that. I'm literally yeah. processing this as you're saying it right now. I yeah. like, holy shit. I didn't even think about that. That yeah, edge was going to fill that spot while Cody was out. Yeah. That, yeah. If, if Cody had not been injured and tore his pack and all the stuff, the you know edge would still be in the, the judgment day, but they need a top baby face. So just, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, practicality you know yeah it sucks because i really loved what they were doing with judgment day and uh, as as a unit as a faction and uh i loved evil edge i loved the new music i loved the lighting i loved the new haircut yeah (laughs) it's it's so good but and you know know, i've loved damian priest one of my dudes re is amazing you know uh yeah, just uh, I wish because I, I hate when they hotshot things almost like not that they were hotshotting because they had to do this to get Edge to be a babyface again. But like I hate when they start a faction and the faction's over. You know, it's just like yeah, I I love longevity. It's like the hurt business. Know? The hurt business. Yeah. Like I feel like, like amazing. what's that? It was the hurt business was amazing. It was yeah. a great name, a great faction. You know, I wonder if they're bringing it back because I think they're tying in Cedric Alexander now with Bobby Lashley again. I would love to see those guys on a face run, but I think they really missed the boat with the Hurt Business and the Bloodline at a Survivor Series match. I really think that that could have done big fuck. Put for Christ's sake, Paul Heyman and MVP having a, a fucking mic war. <laughs> like, come on, guys, come on, Bruce, what are you doing? What the fuck, man? And I love. MVP with Omas. Uh, Omas is is great, but he needed, you know, he needed that extra piece and MVPs, not just a piece, but not only he's a great, uh, 
he's a great manager. He's a, he's, he's a, he could be a great mouthpiece for Omas, but he can also be a great teacher for Omas because MVPs got a great mind. One of the you know, greatest, one of the best minds in business. So as Omas is, you know, getting ready for a match, he's got MVP there to help him think of different ways of doing different things in the ring. And from uh, all I've heard is Omas is everybody universally really likes Omas as a person in the locker room too. So it's good to see a, a good person like Omas get, you know, paired up with a great guy like uh, MVP. I love MVP. Well, I was thinking I, I had, I had to have a little recalibration recently. I was talking about Omas and I, you know, Duke Bennett in front of the show. Great podcast calls Duke loves wrestling. Go ahead and check it out anywhere you find your favorite podcast. But typically he and I talk wrestling all the time. And um, I brought it up. I was like, you know what, man? I'm not really feeling Omas. I don't know what it is. He's not clicking with me. And he was like, you know, brother. He's like, he calls me AB. He goes, AB, listen. He goes, think about it this way. He's like, you are programmed to believe. He's like, I feel like, you know, he's like, you're programmed to look at Omas and be like, he needs to do more than what he's doing. Because we're used to guys being in the ring now in both companies, coming in, fucking shit up, flipping and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's like, Omas is just a big man doing big man things he doesn't need to do flips he doesn't need to do you know backflips and and jump kicks and anything you know drop kicks anything else he's like he just needs to stand there and look crazy he's like omos and cody rhodes will be a main event someday within the next like within the next year he's like i guarantee omos and and cody rhodes will be in a main event and i'm like you know what you're right like i'm looking at this incorrectly i'm looking at this in a way where i'm like oh well you know omos has to do all this crap and he's i'm like no you know what you're right like i i I didn't think about it that way. And now that I have it in, in that context, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking great. This is exactly what needs to be done if they're going to push Omos as another top guy. Well, Omos is great. He just needed a little bit more flavor. Right. And the MVP adds that flavor to him. Like he almost has, has like a, a, a prize fight manager as a way, you know, almost yeah. like a, Don, I don't want to say Don King ish, but like, Along those lines, you know, of a Don King type manager slash, you know, player manager. Right. You know, kind of like a Pete Rose type where he, he's managing the, the players, but also playing along, you know, because he can still go in a ring. You yeah. Know? Well, I think but, it's, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's almost like it's different than like CM Punk having Paul Heyman for that period of time. It's like CM Punk yeah. can do the shit by himself. Adding Paul Heyman is literally just putting, a fancier hat on top of a really fancy hat already. You know, like there's, there's nothing, there's no additional value. It's just, everybody looks great. Um, but you know, this, I think definitely was that, that needed flavor to take him to flavor town. But what's not flavor town meaning is CM what's Punk that? with an injury. Our second favorite talked about person on this show, CM Punk yeah. or chick magnet punk it, uh, which is yeah. his full Christ given name. Um, yes. Injured out with a foot injury. What a shame, man. Uh, just when you have like a real special moment like that, did they say where the injury had occurred? So it was there a six man or something like that. I don't know. Cause I, I went back, I watched something on Twitter where he jumped on when he jumped into the crowd, when it, I guess it was his right. first appearance. And it looked like after he jumped into the crowd, you can watch, you can watch his ankle or his knee or something hit the side of the guard, like the guardrail. And after he did that, he was limping. So I don't know if it, that was the initial onset and then the match just kind of fucked him up even more. But um, right. yeah, I mean, it's just, what a, like, what a string of bad luck.
for champions right now. You know, like think of like or just and big names. Roman, according to the rumor and innuendo, is is taking time off to recover from that shoulder issue. You have, right. you know, Cody's out. CM Punk yeah. is out. Kenny Omega is still out. Brian Danielson is out now. Big E is injured. May not wrestle again. Matt Cardona right. is injured. It's like the fuck is in the water here, guys. So the what happened with Cardona? I missed that because I, you know how he does things, and you're. I'm like, is he is he playing possible? Because they did the thing with Chelsea where she's like, oh, broke my wrist again. Yeah, showing photos of her in the cast, and it just turned out it was just a work. So when with Cardona with the energy, with the injury, right, and being a wheelchair, I'm like, is, is he playing possum? And where he goes to the ring and you know with the championship, and then just. You know, jumps out of the wheelchair and decks uh, the guy with the belt. Did it again. Here's the 10 pounds of gold in your face. Let's actually, let's FaceTime Josh and see if he can let us know. Because he might be able to, <laughs> he might be able to illuminate us a little bit. So, yeah. no, but it's just, it just seems like there's just something going around right now. And it sucks because it's like, it's just, this is the bad shit that happens. And, you know, it's like, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. You just got to keep moving. But I am still sitting here stewing before I get into my next question. I'm still steer, sitting here stewing about the edge thing and how I didn't realize that that was why. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. like literally, like I'm like, holy shit, that is incredible. They, that was that was the break glass in case of emergency situation. So, do you think they're going to put him up against Roman? Who Edge? edge. Well, I, I think he's got a, a bone to pick with the uh, guys who just turned on him first. So. You know, with uh, Finn and and Damien, which uh, only suits to uh, benefit. You know, Damien gets to work with Edge for a little bit. That's mm. that's great for you know Damien. Right. I mean, Damien great worker anyway. But uh, I mean, just to have, you know, I mean, shit. I would love to get back in there and work with Edge. And I worked with him back, you know, when he was in the uh, the Brood and the the puffy shirt. You know, we know a couple but, guys we could probably call. <laughs> if you want. Yeah, I'm I'm good for surprises, brother. Brother, you know? <laughs> brother. Listen, how we'll do it? You can be the the quiet, silent type. I'll come and walk you to the ring. I'll be your manager, the blue manager. <laughs> It'll be a good time, man. It'll be a good time. I'll put yeah. on some Daisy Dukes too. Show off, uh, accentuate the features here. Um, yeah. But I'm thinking blue meanie for the AEW interim world champion competition is where my head is really at right now. Um, then a is a somebody told me AEW just. Making another belt? Yeah, it's like the All Atlantic Championship belt. Why? Wait, wait, wait. There's too many belts. Why? It's starting to feel like participation trophies a little bit here, guys. Look, look I'm a belt mark. Wholeheartedly, you know, I got three behind me right now. <laughs> I think I have a fourth on the way. Uh, but you know, yeah, enough of the. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in WWE, but then again, you got two brands. Yeah. But there's a lot of belts and you got, you know, uh, you got the world, you got the tag, you got a TNT, TBS, TNT, TBS, the woman's title. So uh, I I like the fact that they have the TBS belt as like the woman's intercontinental belt kind of thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you know, the, uh, you know, as a fan, I always thought the Intercontinental Belt was cooler than the World Belt. <laughs> Agreed. There was something was super like, rad about it, wasn't there? Yeah, that, that was like the Worker Man's Belt. You know, yeah. I, I quite, you know, I grew up loving Don Morocco, and I thought Don, Don Morocco was an amazing Intercontinental Champ. And 
Yeah, I got a spot in my heart for secondary titles, just like I have a spot in my heart for tag team wrestling. I'm I'm a bigger fan of tag team wrestling because I, most of my career has been tag teams. Mm. You know, I uh, I always love the Intercontinental title. I always enjoy the Intercontinental title matches. Um, there was, like you said, it's the working man's belt, so it's always something exciting. Um, yeah. I was bent out of shape when they fucking combined it for a while. I forget. I think yeah. they merged it with um, the United States. United I States, and I was like, "This is a mistake." Yeah, this is a mistake. Out. Yeah. Also, shout out to little Jimmy's joining us in the chat right now. What's up, Sorensen level? Hashtag Sorensen level. You can be hashtag Sorensen level too by going to patreoncom slash of the meaning right now. Uh, I just want to know before we get into uh, ask meaning here, what's your prediction and the, for the winner of the interim AEW championship tournament? So they had the Battle Royal, yeah, and um, Kyle Kyle O'Reilly won it. I think Kyle O'Reilly won, yeah, and he's facing Moxley. Which so we know where that's going. Well, look, initially at the uh, <laughs> the uh, Forbidden Door pay per view, I almost called it something totally way goofier. What were you gonna call it? Not enough. <laughs> let's leave it at that uh, it's 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 late i'm uh, i had a full day so uh uh the forbidden door pay-per-view uh, it was supposed to be punk against tanahashi right which if anything they should have left tanahashi, tanahashi as the challenger for whoever won the battle royal yeah you know uh i mean i would love to see if they put it on kyle o'reilly just you know shock the world but, that uh, that know, would be it. Moxley, you basically know Moxley's going to win. Yeah. So hopefully they have that in mind. They go, well, no, let's put it on Kyle. You know? You know, just uh, stir it up you know, a little they, bit. Yeah. You know, just a belt only means so much if you know only certain people are going to win it. Right. You know, if you put the belt on Kyle O'Reilly, that's, that's fucking amazing. You know? It's a unique but, choice. Uh, yeah. Well, I would what, not be opposed. What about the chances of them putting on Tanahashi or even Okada? That would be great too. I mean, just for the fact that, you know, it's a world title. You know, it should be defended around the world. Not just on Wednesdays in one city in the United States. Right. Of America. It should be defended around the world. So, yeah, put it on a Tanahashi. Let me take it over to New Japan or, you know, just... And, and mix it up a little bit. I mean, I like I loved when they were, def, you know, when they had you know uh, Omega going down to Mexico with it. Yeah. So that just let it bounce around for a little bit, and you know, still keep it in AEW, but let it bounce around like the NWA World Title would bounce around, you know, for a little bit, just to give the belt some higher higher prestige and some credibility. Not that it doesn't have credibility, but like I said, it's the World Title. And it's being defended once a week. Right. And, and maybe twice a month when they do the, uh, I mean, well, once a week, which is four times a month uh, with an occasional fifth time for the month because they only run one show a week. Right. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I just, I feel like, and I know Will Osprey is in the mix now. I just, I don't really have a good gauge on who it is. It's going to be, that's going to yeah. take this, but I think perhaps a good, Swerve bro 
would be kind of it feels gross coming out of my mouth when I say it, uh, but I feel I like a think. good a good turn on this might be to put the belt on Tanahashi and let him and Punk go at it when Punk is back. I think yeah. that if if Tony is is reading the tea leaves, if you will, or or reading the room, that might we be. Know, a, do we know exactly what happened? Like what? I mean, we know Cody tore his pack, right? Uh, it's just a, a foot injury. They're playing it off like hockey. He has a lower body body injury. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, I'm looking it up right now. He just had surgery. Um, all they said was that it was his lower leg, but that it is believed to be a broken foot that he needed surgery on. So he must have done something pretty gnarly to it to require uh, to require Poor surgery. Guy. But it's a shame, yeah. man. You know, again, like it's just it's crazy to think about all these injuries that are going around right now and, and all the all the top stars that are out but again it's also an opportunity to really build stars and i know that we're full disclosure we're recording this on friday night june 10th so smackdown is currently on the air and the yes. we will find out who the winner of the ricochet gunter match is for the intercontinental title but i feel like gunter is gonna fucking chest chop ricochet <laughs> into the fucking stratosphere like that dude's gonna bump around the ring like a fucking maniac man for somebody like Gunter, that's going to be nuts. He chops your chest, but the handprint shows up on your back. Man, he smack, He looks like he smacks people so hard their kids can feel it. Yeah. That dude is a, a fucking monster. Fucking dust him for Prince. Right but that, I, I think Gunter would be a good choice for an IC champion because it is yeah. the, the working man's belt. Yeah. You know, and not that there's anything wrong with Ricochet, but I just, I feel like Gunter may be a good choice to, to put back in and really make it dominant. Especially if, you know, Roman's out or whatever's going on. But we'll see. Lots of things to, to look forward to. Another thing to look forward to, Meanie, at yes. this moment, is a question. Would yes. You, would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. It's time to ask me anything. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie. And don't forget to use the hashtag AskMeanie so we can ask it on the show. <laughs> It's the shits. I can't remember what regular Arsenal is like. Couldn't get through a show without doing that. Lots of questions yeah. uh, here. Before we move on, let me uh, open up my refreshing seltzer. There you go. Oh, uh, Canada Jime, Mandarin Argent, Mandarin. Do you remember? Oh, do you remember the commercials for Canada Dry from back in like the nineties on the radio? Canada Dry ginger ale. It's not too sweet. And he'd be like, all right, now the women, and all right, now the men, and all right, now the tone deaf, and Canada, Canada can't be beat. Oh, my God, dude. That shift used to fucking crack me up, man. I'm going to Sandman it here in three, two, one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll line up beautifully when I, when I put it together here. All right, I got a couple of questions for you here. Mark and Dryden always got good questions. Yes, sir. Mark and Dryden, what's an underrated territory that always seems to get overlooked in wrestling history? Oh, for me, it's, in my opinion, uh, Mid-South mm. uh, slash UWF, because to me, that was my ECW growing up. Right. You know, uh, I was a huge fan of Dr. Dusty Williams. I knew about him from the After Magazines and... You know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, One Man Gang. <clears throat> and then one day in my channel surfing activities, uh, there was a channel in like central New Jersey. And the rest the whole week, 
they were just showing like a satellite image of the weather. But for like one hour on a Saturday night, they played, you know, the Universal Wrestling Federation. And I watched it religiously. And, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, and people, rightfully so, everybody talks about Crockett or World Class, you know, AWA. But uh, for me, it was UWF Mid-South. And then you can also say Portland is an underrated territory that nobody really talks about. But um, I have zero knowledge on Portland. Not zero, but maybe 20% knowledge because I know who wrestled there. But I, I really didn't watch the product. Now, I've I've seen maybe like one documentary on, on Portland wrestling, but uh, for me personally, since I actually watched it religiously and still watch it, you know, uh, it would have to be uh, Mid South uh, slash Universal Wrestling Federation. Mark and Dwight, Mark and Dryden. Second question: Magnum TA, Kerry Von Eric, Gino Hernandez. Which of these three would have been the most successful? If things didn't end up the way they did for them. Oh, Magnum. Big time. Magnum TA just, um, he was going to be the next NWA world champion. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, they, they gave him the fucking mega push. And you know, rightfully so. Like he would beat guys in like five seconds. Guy would rush him belly to belly. Boom. One, two, three, boom. He had to, he had the fucking great. He was a damn handsome man. That Magnum TA, good looks, could talk through the camera, blue collar in nature, you know, when he cut a promo and, you know, you know, he, he had to mega push in the season and he had to rub from dusty and, you know, everybody like that, you know, so it's a shame, you know, yeah. just one hydroplane and you know, a freak accident. I remember that too. It's just, it was, it was shocking. You know, he wasn't even doing anything wrong in that accident. It was just a, was he speeding? Was he drinking? Was it just a hydroplane? I, I, from what I understand, it was he was hydroplaning in his Porsche, which if you're from the Philly area, there was another accident. Uh, Pelly Lindbergh died, died mm. in a, in a Porsche trying to maintain, a, you know, maintain a curve and crashed into a wall here in the, the South Jersey, Philly area. And he was that, you know, for, you know, Philadelphia sports fan, that devastated, you know, that is, you know, being a a Philly sports fan and a pro wrestling fan, it was like a one, two punch because it was like within a a year span that a Magnum TA wrecked his Porsche, got paralyzed and then Pelly Lindbergh wrecked his Porsche and died. And he was going to be like the next, you know, Bernie Perrant, as far as I'm concerned, you know, in hockey and, the runs, you know, selfishly, you know, the run that, you know, the Flyers could have gone on with him, you know, it, you can fantasy book that just like you could have fantasy booked Magnum, yeah, you know, being uh, an NWA you know, world champion. I, 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 I'm confident he would have been an NWA world champion. Yeah, he probably could have won the big gold belt. He probably maybe could have made the transition to WWF. Yeah. Who knows? It's a shame. That's, I feel like for me, like in the, in the, the lore of wrestling history. I it was they, they asked Kerry Magnum and who was the other one? Gino Hernandez. Yeah, uh, this, Gino could have, but uh, hearing you know people who knew Gino, you know, like Bruce, you know, 
he was comfortable, you know, flying his personal jet, you know, around Dallas and, you know, I don't think he would, I think he could have been a next big heel in wrestling, but he just preferred to, he wasn't a fan of the travel. Right. Which is understandable. You know, if, if, if you're making that much bank, just wrestling in Texas, you know, who knows? But then again, you know, eventually they probably, Vince probably could have coaxed them to come up eventually. ECWWrestling.com wants to know, when ECW ran commercials for items like premium wear, did you have any input on the design of clothing or what you said on camera or any other involvement besides just being asked what you read in your script? Uh, that's a funny script. Uh, ECW had a script? Yeah, you're assuming I could read. Um, nah, but uh, no, I, I had zero input. Uh and the uh, premium wear commercial was just like a random thing they asked me to do. Uh, that was filmed at the airport Marriott down, uh, ironically, at the airport. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia, Philadelphia International. Uh, a dreamer was like, Meanie, uh, come down to the Marriott. We got an idea for a promo. Show up in the hotel and there's Chastity, Beulah, Francine. All right, Manny, here's what we're going to do. And just told me what we're going to do, and we did it. And it was as simple as that, you know. Yeah, we did a lot of run-and-gun stuff, even though we didn't have to do a run-and-gun with this because, you know, I was in the hotel room at the, uh, the Marriott. But, um, yeah, I didn't have any say. I wish, I wish I had some of the merch, but, you know, they didn't, you know, they, you know, they didn't have any Manny-sized uh, premium wear stuff, but I still have my ECW um, varsity jacket. So that's cool. That is cool. And what else is cool is doing this show with you. Blue meaning it is oh. always a pleasure to do this program with you and get to ask you these questions and to pick your brain. But I got to know where can people find you on your social media? Well, kind sir, if you would like to follow the blue meaning, uh, you can follow me on all forms of social media at Blue Meanie BWL. Uh, if you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. If you would like to support Mind of the Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie where you can get some uh, great t-shirts. Uh, our boy Andy Slichter just sent me a design that's going up at the uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie that popped me in the You'll, you'll, you'll probably only get it if you're from Philly, but I love it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's going up soon. Uh, Connor and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with uh, Rod Hicks over there at Collar and Elbow. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com. Use coupon code MEANIE. Save 10%. And uh, look good while doing it. Uh, speaking of looking good, if you want your beard to look good and smell good, uh, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself the blue spruce, Josh Thornton. Uh, my boy over there, Josh Thornton's doing an amazing job with Mad Cat Beard Care. Uh, I do not draw a dime from the sales of the blue mini blue spruce. All the money goes to taking care of uh, the feral cats in his uh, area. He, uh, he rescues them. He takes them to the vet and pays for them all on his dime. This goes to help the kitties. So if you're a big fan of cats 
And even if you don't have a beard and you know somebody with you know some pretty kick-ass facial hair, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get the blue spruce. Uh, go to cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO for uh, birthdays, holidays, and well wishes. Uh, you know, uh, I've done some interesting uh, well wishes over there at cameo.com slash blue meanie. Uh, upcoming program alert or uh, upcoming appearance alert. I will. Yes, sir. I will be at Legend, the Legends of Hamburg convention at the uh, world famous Hamburg Fieldhouse where they uh, filmed a lot of the WWF uh, programming. And, uh, you know, ECW ran there as well. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Fan Fest return to returns to the Hamburg Fieldhouse July 23rd. That is a Saturday, July 23rd, you know, uh, 2022. Like I said, where's the time going? Go to legendsofhamburg.com. Uh, you know, our rumor has it our boy Andy Slichter might be out there uh, making a surprise appearance. Well, you know, he'll just come up and go peekaboo. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, go to legendsofhamburg.com. Come out, say hello to the blue guy. And uh, where can we find you, Mr. Adam? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can uh, You can find me. On Facebook, no, not Facebook. I do this all the time. Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at This Is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. You can also listen to my secondary program, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. Lots of great conversations, including with some Hall of Famers like Rob Van Dam, Bill Goldberg, and Eric Bischoff. Check it out right now, foundationradio.net. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick up a shirt. Help me keep the lights on in my house. I got four kids to feed. Every little bit counts. Rumor and innuendo has it. You might see Mimi and I in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena at Icons of Wrestling. Maybe. Possibly. I know I'll be there. Mimi, maybe, <laughs> possibly. Let's plant, yeah. the, plant the seeds right now, and then in August we'll it. have a garden. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll definitely be there. So stop by and say hello. Come and see me. Find me in the crowd. I will be there. And I am so glad you are all here as well, Pod Squad. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and yeah, Vanessa goes, and then on to StarCast. Maybe? Uh, I don't know. Hey, Conrad, holler at us, buddy. I'm not booked, Terry. We're available, so let us know. Tweet at Conrad. Ask him to let us stop by. But no, I'm grateful for you, Blue Meanie. I'm grateful for the Pod Squad. Thank you so much for allowing me to uh, enter your earbuds every single Monday. Don't forget patreon.com slash mind of the meaning where you can watch us record this and see our beautiful faces every time we record and you can see this early and listen to us talk about everything under the sun for the blue meanie. I'm Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meaning. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and The Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by The Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. 
This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.